Today's learning is Leila Nishmas, Rabbi Yitzhak Sriben, Rabbi Chaim Yasef, here in the virtual Hollywood Shtibol. And today is the 14th day of the Aymer. And we are on Daf Mem Ches, Amr Aleph, 48a. And here we go. It is Haftes, Nisan, 23rd of April, and here we go. Says the Gemara, uh, second line down. Actually, you know what? We'll start again. Just um, uh, if a quick recap. Mem Zainam, base 47b, second line from the that of course will tell you really you can't do hatmana, you can't wrap the material from sesame seeds. The uh, Indian, why is it, uh, why do we differentiate in the Mishnah? The Indian, the difference is one of them adds more heat and one of them uh, uh, doesn't. So if you put a, uh, if you put the, the, the seeds we seem to be saying, not as, um, do not add as much heat. Therefore, they the first the halacha is slightly different. Rash the suke havala means So one of them is where you completely wrapped it up, and therefore it created. Um, it, it, one is that it create, one of them that it causes heat to rise. Uh, sesame does not cause the sesame oil seems to the sesame seeds that are used as an insulator don't cause the heat to rise as much. Okay, says the Gemara a story. Rabbi of Zera have a ikulubeirish galusas. This is going to be exciting. Rabbi and Reb Zaira come to the house of the governor of the Reish Galusa, and they have their full rabbinic spectacles on, ready to analyze what they may observe in the house of the Reish Galusa. And of course, the Reish Galusa, we find re- references all over Shas, the stories with the Reish Galusa, and it's always, uh, it's always interesting to know, like, it does seem that the Chachamim were constantly found in the home of the Reish Galusa, and many times whoever the Reish Galusa was wanted to be considered Chashev uh, by the Chachamim. So therefore he followed the Halacha very carefully. So Rav Abda, they saw one of the servants of the home, the Anach Kuza de Maya Puma de Kumkuma. And they saw him take a jug of water, of cold water, and put it on the mouth, on the spout, or on the mouth of the kumkum of the hot water that's uh, 
uh, uh, that has, that's on the fire. So it seems like they were heating up cold water by placing it on top of the kettle. Nizi Raba and Raba uh, got, uh, I'm not sure what the exact translation, but basically Raba, uh, Raba gave him Musser. He, uh, he told the servant, I assume, or the Reish Galusa, he gave him Musser that this is not appropriate for Shabbos. You cannot heat up cold water on the spout or on the mouth of a kettle that's on the fire. Amler of Zera, Maishna, Rashi's gear boy, that he, uh, he yelled at him. He, he, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't, uh, he just gave, he gave him muscle. He told him what the right house is. Yeah. Um, in, the English, it says, in the English, it says scolded. Scolded. Okay. So that's a good law. Yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's, it's, it's kind of yelling, kind of rebuking. So Zera did not give Musr to the Rosh Galusa. And he, in fact, questioned Rabbi. He said to Rabbi, why is it, uh, why is it different than placing a pot on top of a pot? If you may do that on Shabbos, you're allowed to take the pot and put it on top of the pot, which is on the fire. So Rabbi responded, when you're placing a pot on top of a, another pot, all you're doing is keeping the heat, keeping the, the pot on top hot. So if you have an item which is fully cooked and which is hot and you want to put it on top of a, on top of a hot pot when there's already hot water inside the pot on the, that you're placing on top, that's fine. You're just preserving heat. Over here, you're putting cold water, a pot filled with cold water on top, and therefore you're creating, you're creating a um, heat in the pot, and that's like cooking. That would not be acceptable. Um, it's just, it is, it is, the, the amount of heat being transferred is the same, but one, you're putting it into a hot item, and one, you're putting it into a cold item. Other then what does he notice next in the house of the Reish So what's the next uh, item that those rabbinical spectacles uh, see? Ra, uh, so Rabba, He saw the servant take his handkerchief and spread it over the a pot, spread it over the mouth of the of the of the pot where you which had hot water in. And I guess, and then he put a cup, the kuba va'anach natla ilai, and he put a cup on top of that kerchief. So why did the servant do this? He took a he covered the opening of the hot water pot with a uh, he covered the opening of the hot water pot with with uh, a kerchief and placed a cup in that kerchief. So I guess he wanted to, um, I guess he wanted to uh, stir the, to, to keep the cup there or to heat up whatever was in the cup. But either way, Nizi Rabba, Rabba yelled at him. Rabba said, he can't do that. I'm there, why can't you do that? I'm there, why can't you do that? 
So Rabbah said to Rabzeir, no, I'm correct that I rebuke him because you'll see what will happen. And uh, eventually they saw that the servant actually was, Ma'atzalei uh, squeezed out the water that was in the kerchief. So if you put, cover a wet opening with, I don't know if, it doesn't say that he poured anything through the kerchief, but he covered it with his handkerchief. And then eventually he did schita, he squeezed out the handkerchief from the water, which is its own prohibition to squeeze out uh, water from a uh, garment. So the Rabzeira said to Rabbah, but we have another situation of what was called a prunka that they used to spread out a cloth on Shabbos. Rashi says on the right hand margin, they had in fact a designated cloth that was meant, that was used to cover these uh, barrel jugs, vats, pots, whatever it is, and they, you were allowed to cover it with a cloth covering on Shabbos. Very good. When you have a, a cover of an item which is made out of cloth, and you're not going to care if it gets wet, because the, uh, it's, made, it's meant to cover a liquid item, of course it's going to get wet. It's like a towel. We don't care about getting a towel wet, because that was the purpose of the towel. So we're not worried that you're going to come to do schita. However, the servant in that case took out his personal handkerchief. He took out his, uh, his kerchief. That's what we're worried about, that he's going to then want to go away with his personal handkerchief, and he will be makbid and squeeze out whatever water got into it from being used as a covering for a hot water pot, and therefore he should not have put it there on Shabbos l'chadchila. So going back to the Mishnah, says the Gemara of we said you may not use straw as one of the items that uh, as a as a covering on Shabbos to insulate uh, a pot on Shabbos. If you took, I would say, these type of uh, rags um, or the, the, the items that we said you are allowed to use to insulate a pot on Shabbos, even though normally they wouldn't have a purpose and they would be considered mukta, um, so let's say just pieces of, uh, pieces of material that you had. So muchen was the, the case after Tevin, second in case after Tevin. You have pieces of material that you are allowed, that you, that you are not allowed and pieces that you are allowed. So if you took a piece that you are allowed to use for insulating a pot as it doesn't create its own heat, what then becomes, are those items not muktzah on Shabbos? Let's assume you, uh, you can wrap it up with it from before Shabbos. Now you want on Shabbos to take those pieces of material that have no, uh, no real use. It's just like insulation material. Can you use it for other, if, can, you, uh, can you move it around on Shabbos? Amalei, so, so this is Rav Adab Amasim Shaila from Abaye. Amalei v'chibni she'em le'kupa shal tabin o'imir u'mafke kupa shal mochen. So he responded to him, just because you don't have a basket of straw, you don't have tevin, which is the normal way to, uh, to insulate your food. Why are you using this material, which is uh, just raw p- uh, pieces of, of fabric 
that don't have a real use and would nor ordinarily be muktzah, you're using it because you don't have a normal insulation box. You don't have a normal setup. So, this, so therefore, you're not really designating these items to be a keli. Just you're taking it out of lack of choices and it seems to be that Abai was telling him that it remains muktza because it's not, it's not like you fashioned it into a real vessel. It's not like you made it into anything more substantial than just a bishas hadchak uh, covering a lack of no choice and uh, therefore you're using it. So the Gemara says, uh, is, uh, it, it, let's assume you're going to use these raw materials after Shabbos for some other garment making purpose or whatever it is that you had them there for. So you're still going to use them for that after Shabbos. So you're not really changing the use and therefore they remain muktza just like any item which is not, which you had no intention of using over Shabbos, which uh, is not a vessel, will remain muktza. Says the Gemara, let's bring a brisa as a proof. Lema misayele, let's bring a brisa. You're allowed to do hatmana with wool that you sheared or combed or other types of uh, strips of wool of agaman once it's dyed purple and bemuchen uh, where it's uh, the raw material. But you're not allowed to carry them. So it seems like the Brisa clearly supports Abaya's answer. Says the Gemara, Im Shumha La La That uh, Brisa, in fact, says the Gemara, cannot be used uh, as a proof because that Brisa perhaps is talking about where you never use the material for Hatmana. But the question that was asked of Abaye was that once you use the material for Hatmana, Therefore, does that make them all of a sudden into a reusable vessel? Says the Gemara, so then what's the Chiddush? Tell me that if it was not used for any constructive purpose on Shabbos, that raw materials are muktza. of course, that's, that's the basis of muktza. that if something is not a usable vessel, that it remains muktza. Says the Gemara, the Chiddush is, since you could use it as a mattress, you could use it to lie down on them, even raw material, even though you personally designated yours to be used in the shop come uh, after Shabbos, you're going to go back to work and you're going to fashion something out of this wool. But still, on Shabbos, if you needed an extra mattress or an extra material to lie down on, you could take it to lie down on. Therefore, you would have thought that you're allowed to carry them and they're not muktzah, kamash malan, that they are Muktzah. However, that still doesn't bring a correct proof to Abaye, who said that once you use it for Hatmana, it loses its Muktzah status. And that question, we still have Abaye's answer. He wasn't refuted. However, you do not have a, uh, you don't have a uh, proof to Abaye's words. But this is in general, that it's, it's kind of two things at play over here. Number one, it has a muksa status because you, you, you plan on using it for a commercial purpose to make an item out of it after Shabbos. And number two, because it currently is not a keli. Anything which you usually wouldn't use um, 
because it's part of your business and it's a raw material for your products that you're going to create, generally speaking, you would not be allowed to touch it or move it on Shabbos. Says the Gemara of Chizda came out with a Chiddush and Rav Chizda said that you uh, can put items that were inside a uh, sadin, inside a pillow or blanket on Shabbos, you can, re- you can refill it on Shabbos. So we today have regular pillows and pillowcases, but the item that's inside the pillow, if it came out, the stuffing came out, you would be allowed to refill it. One may make a neck opening in a garment um, on Shabbos. Now, so just to understand this Brysa, the first case in the Brysa, apparently when they would, uh, when, uh, when they would um, give in, I guess they had laundromats back then or a professional cleaner, when he would return your garment, he would have sewed the neck opening shut with like a loose thread or something, um, or tie it, and th- therefore it was uh, it needed to be opened when you got it back. So can you do that on Shabbos or not? So they used like a temp uh, a, a stitch or two to close up the neck. So the Brisa taught us that you may, but you can't create a neck opening in a garment for the first time. If you took a sheet and uh, cut open a hole in it. That would be, and then you were able to wear it like a, uh, what the Mexicans are, like a poncho, let's say, right? People have a garbage bag. They get caught at shul, which doesn't have a collection of ponchos. And they want to know, could they cut open a neck hole in a garbage bag on Shabbos to make it into a type of a, a poncho? So uh, that would be a problem. But if it was just, or it had already been opened, it was just closed with some sort of stitching, that would be permitted. However, uh, we said that on Yom Tif and certainly on Shabbos, you may not replace the stuffing inside of pillows and blankets. So this brisa is contrary to Rav Chizda's leniency. It says the Gemara, you bring me a proof from there, Rav Chizda will answer, that's talking about Chadati, a brand new one, that uh, to create, you're basically fashioning a uh, pillow or blanket for the first time by stuffing it. That you can't do on Shabbos and Yom Tif. But if they were an old existing item and the material came out, that would not be a problem to, to refill it. And in Amihachi, and we'll bring a Bryce to support that, that you may not put in for the first time stuffing uh, into rags or wool, whatever you're using to stuff the pillows and blankets. You cannot fill it for the first time on Shabbos and Yom Tif. However, Nishu, but if it came apart, if it came out, whether it's Shabbos, whether it's Yom Tif, you can re- which is in accordance with the law of Rav Hizda.
Amar of Yehuda Amar Rav. So again, we in see the in the first case when they're sewing the, the garment closed, there's no problem with tearing. Isn't that why wouldn't that be an issue? Yeah. Uh, so first of all, the Gemara is about to analyze that case. Oh, okay. Uh, it's not so simple. Um, the let's. I mean, the, stu the stuffing is only a mukta issue, right? So, so, so as I was just to say that the, the there's always two issues at play. For some reason, all these braces are not some reason, very often when you have a mukta issue, you also have another malacha or two going on in the background. So in this case, you have one, the question of does the material become mukta? Number two, are you fashioning a kli? Are you doing makabapatish by restuffing or by stuffing for the first time? So the same thing with the shirt. You could have a question of kirea, are you ripping? Um, are you, uh, and uh, creating a new vessel since it's sewed shut? It should be considered like there's no hole and you're recreating the hole. And then you have a question of mukta, let's say, that uh, if a garment is not wearable, does that make it mukta? So you have a lot of different, you have a, a few different. Um, First case could also be macro about this. Why? First case could also be macro about this. Should be, right? So that's There's three issues. Yeah, so, so the, the Gemara didn't resolve all the issues. What kind of like what happened with that Brisa is we got one good thing out of it. We see clearly that you're allowed to, and the original question, if you, can you take stuffing which had been used in a pillow, can you restuff the pillow? And that we said that's not Malcolm Patterson since it had already been in there. That's a chiddush of a fizda that once something was made into a kli and it, stuff got removed from it, just putting it back in doesn't recreate a new keli, but rather it just uh, enhances an existing vessel. So yeah, we got that chiddush out of it. Now, why is it not considered makam apatish when you have a neck that's sewed shut? So I think, I think it'll be clear once we see the Gemara a little further about it, as the Gemara is about to tackle that. But they're also, I, I don't, we have to, they have this concept then of like a stitch, temporary stitches on clothing that you uh, got back from a, a tailor or a laundromat that it was there. It's kind of like when you buy a new suit and the pockets are sewed shut. <laughs> when you buy a new suit, the pocket is, shut, is a lot, very often has a, a thread sewing it shut. Now that thread, all you have to do is sometimes just pull it and sometimes snip the end of it where it's tied and it comes right out. So obviously, I, I'm gonna that over here also, thread that's sewing up the neck hole of the garment when you get back from the cleaners is they had in their times is was just like one thread, almost just to show that nobody wore it. You know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a question of ripping or tearing on shoulders. That's because it was. That's what I think we have to say. Yeah? Ah, so says the Gemara, let us analyze uh, this. Yehuda Amara, if you opened up a neck opening of a garment for the first time on Shabbos, so if, let's say you had a shirt, but uh, nobody cut out a hole for the, to attach a collar to. So forget about attaching a collar to it. 
but uh, just creating the opening is Chayav Achatas. It's a Isidur Raisa on Shabbos. Rashi says, Makabapatish, that's the Gemara Malacha, you have just created a vessel. Maskif Lara of Kahana, of Kahana challenged this. Ma ben Zulim, Chavis. When they used to have barrels in, in the times of the Gemara, so the only way to get a drink is that, uh, is, was to open up the barrel and let the liquid come out. And it seems like they, in order to open up the cork, they used to stick in a metal spout or something. Um, Rashi says with a saif, uh, they would uh, cut it open with a, they would cut off the cork with a, with a knife but the cork was part of the barrel. And so why is that any different? You have a brand new barrel of wine and you're cutting open up, uh, cutting an opening, which they permitted you to do on Shabbos. So the same thing should be true of a shirt in a garment. Amalei Rabba says the Gemara on the top of Mem Ches Amit Bey is 48B. There's a big difference. One is considered a proper attachment and one is not considered a proper attachment. Um, when you have a, uh, a, a shirt, obviously it's all one piece and you're creating an opening in that same shirt. However, by the garment, all you're doing is kind of creating an opening in the cork and the spout and that is not really the same, that is not really part of the garment and therefore it was considered mutter and not makabapatish. Rami Le Rabia, it's a, it's a little bit vague, uh, it's a little hard to understand what the real chiluk is. At the end of the day, both of them were unusable till you came along and created the opening, right? That you couldn't use this barrel, you couldn't get liquid, uh, you couldn't get liquid out of it until you uh, till you punctured a hole in it. So to say that one is um, one is. Uh, I guess the, the area where they would puncture to get the wine out was a piece of wood that had been attached or metal that had been attached to the barrel and it's not considered to be the actual barrel itself. Um, it's different than other Gemaras because we've had in other Gemaras so I thought that they used to just randomly pick a spot in the barrel and stick in a spout to, to open it up. Here it seems like there was a one area of the barrel which had a plug in it, a stopper, and that's where you were puncturing. Ramile Yeah. As we hear from the Ritva that the difference is, is that in the case of the barrel, Rashi says something else, but he says the Ritva says that because the barrel, you do not need to open the barrel from that point, therefore it's always been a utensil. Meaning if you punch the hole in the side, you, you can also pour out the wine. You can pop a hole in the bottom. You can take off the top. It doesn't matter. The shirt, you have to open up that particular point. Oh, very good. You don't That's open beautiful. that point. That's right? beautiful. I really, Who I says really that? Like the, the, the Ritva says that. The Ritva, yeah. Is it Rashi? Yeah. I don't, yeah. Rashi says it's something a little bit different, not as, not as beautiful. But the Ritva Rashi says, Maguva, enu menachavis atzmai, enu chashim, shalinatolai medes. Um... Rashi, I, I think Rashi, you see, I, I think the Ritva is more in line with the, the way I understand the case all over Shas. That a barrel, the way they used to do it with a barrel, they just stuck in a, force, a, a, a spigot into the barrel. It didn't, right. 
in May. You could. You right, can right. take off the top or not. You could do something else, but it's always right. been a barrel. Right. The shirt, right. you can make the case. You could say it wasn't a shirt. Until you open right. up the hole where the neck goes through, it's not a shirt. Not a shirt. Very good. And you can't put that hole anywhere else either. It has to be there. Very you could, but your friends would make fun of you. Right. Um, yeah, okay. So it says the Gemara, Ramile Rabirmiya the Rabzeira. Tanan Shalal Shal Kaifsim Vishal Shalmaftechos Babegachu Tafer Baklayim Khibulotuma At Shayaskil Lahate. So this Mishnah is really like we keep constantly looking at Toma Tahira to consider see what the Torah considered to be a proper vessel or not. And if they used to, I guess they used to sew together shalal um, shalkaivsim, they used to sew together clothing, the wanderers, so that they shouldn't get mixed up or lost, uh, like they have today with uh, people have uh, like these little rings that you attach socks with or different things that shouldn't get separated in the wash. So they used to use a thread, a keychain, a string that they would uh, attach key, uh, a ring of keys, or a garment which had a stitch of uh, wool and linen. So those items are all considered connected for Toma and Tahira for purity issues, unless you do something to... Uh, to take them apart, um, and as, as, as if you loosened it or you sh- you started to take out the thread, or you took apart the keychain, but they were still all on the keychain, but you already made an opening to take them off. So then already we don't consider them attached. Our our, our laundered shirts today could be very similar. You could say they come on the hanger, and you Ooh. have that twist tie that goes through all the hangers. Correct. Right, it's twisted Correct. together. It's Correct. almost exactly like a keychain, if you Correct. think about it. Correct. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Alba Shaloibish, the only, yeah, yeah, I like that. Alba Shaloibish, Asmalacha Nami Chibur, says the Gemara. So we see that even at a time when you're not, uh, even the, none of these attachments are meant to make it into one solid entity, they're all there for a purpose of preventing separation. But it's not like I want the keys on the keychain to work together in unison because they're on the chain. It's not like it's the clothing that's attached is because I'm going to wear them together necessarily and leave it in that permanent state. It's all there just for washing. So we see that something which is connected, even shaloi b'shas malacha, even not while you're doing work with that item, it is called one entity for Tumen to hire purposes, which we'll see a little bit more of an example. Or a minu who says the Gemara will ask the contradiction. That when it came to a stick of a uh, of an axe, so I, I think today it's a pro- it is like this. I think today as well the steel axe head, the metal axe head, is not necessarily attached to the stick. Rather, it slides over the top of it, and uh, it stays put, hopefully. The Gemara Makkas is full of examples where it didn't stay put, and the axe head flew off and killed somebody. But the axe is not necessarily glued on or attached to the pole that, the axe, that, that it's on. 
So we said that if you're using the X, the time that you're using the X, then we consider them to be one Kaylee and the metal and the wood are attached. But when you're not using the, the, the X, so it's just a piece of metal with a pole inserted through it, they're not considered really attached. That would contradict what we just learned that an item which has a loose thread or a keychain, which has a, a chain going through it that attach them at all times is considered like one entity. So the Gemara answered, yeah, because the way it works by an axe is you don't necessarily have a dedicated piece of wood. The, the metal was very important. The stick that was attached to it was not necessarily, uh, you didn't care that it should remain as part of the axe and you would put it in the wood pile. You would throw it back with all your other piles of wood and take it back the next time you need an axe. However, here, let's say the items got dirty um, even on the way home before you had a chance to uh, wash it or anything. So therefore, you, you have a purpose. You're happy that they should be attached. Um, you can easily go and uh, wash them again because it has this thread in it. So even after it's washed, even as you're carrying it home, you want it to be connected. It's not just for the purpose of the washerman, so it shouldn't get confused, but it's also there so that it should remain that way, unseparated until you actually wear it. So the whole time that that thread is in place, you have a benefit from it, not like an ax, where once you finish chopping, you don't care about the fact that the wood is still inserted into the metal. So there's a difference. And that difference will manifest itself when it comes to Tome and Tahira, the separation and understanding what's considered one Kaili or not. Um, again, I think the Gemara will come up with a better uh, example of what should, the difference should be, whether we consider it all to be attached or not. The, so far, we know one Shabbos application that an item which is considered attached and to reattach it on Shabbos would not be considered makabat or to take it apart would not be considered makapapatish, and to remove this thread from this brisa wouldn't be a problem on Shabbos in ter if it was done in a way where it wouldn't be considered tearing, but out makapapatish, fashioning a new keli, it wouldn't be a problem. Says the Gemara, Besura in Masra Lahash Maitz Mishmedra of Chizda. In Surya, Surya, they used to teach it over that as a teaching of Rav Chizda, like we learned just now. The Pompadisa, Master Mishmedra of Kahana. In Pompadisa, they taught it differently. In Pompadisa, they taught in the name of Rav Kahana. And some said over that the following was taught in the name of Rava. Who is the author of the Tana? that says that anything which is connected, which is attached, becomes like one entity. So we just had a bunch of examples of things where it would, you, where we're deciding whether to consider them to be attached or not. I'm Rabbi Yehuda, I'm Rav, Rabbi Meir, he, that is the author of Rabbi Meir. And what's Rabbi Meir's opinion? Ditnan, as Rabbi Meir taught us, Beis Apach, Ubeis Tavlin, Ubeis Aner, 
this apach is just um, really just like uh, we put the. It's it's a. It seems like it's a. A warm a, a portable warming oven. That's how the way based on Rashi's description, it's portable and it was used to warm up jars of oil. So all these things, um, you would have an oven or a stove, you would put inside uh, this, this little uh, portable warming oven, Sorry, you have, uh, you have this, these little jugs inside the oven, basically. So it's, if uh, there was a rodent, if there was a rodent inside this oven and it actually touched the sides of the oven, so then everything inside the oven, including these jars, became tummy. Um, but Mayor says that if it didn't touch the sides of the oven, it just was inside the oven, but it never touched the walls of the the oven. So that's different, even though it touched the floor of the oven. That's different, and therefore it does not make the jugs that are inside tummy. Rabbi Shimon mitaher. Rabbi Shimon says either way they're all tahar. Bish lama the Rabbi Shimon kasavar so Rabbi Shimon holds that the jugs, the receptacles that are inside the oven, we understand, and not at all considered attached to the stove, even though they're gaining heat from it, but they're not, they're their own, they're almost like their own mini stove that's just using another bigger stove as a source of heat. So they're not attached. But according to Rabbi Mayer, that holds that if it touches the wall, if a rodent, touches the wall of the oven, that in fact it would make whatever vessels are inside there, tame, so then who cares whether it touched the side of the wall or it was just in the airspace, either way it should import toma to those items that are, side, that are there. Says the And if you consider it not to be a real kira, but to be two totally separate entities, so you have these jugs that are there in their own compartment, they should be considered uh, not, it doesn't matter even if it, even if a rodent touched the sides of the wall of the big oven, but the jugs that are inside there should be considered like their, their own entity. Says the Gemara, of course, really, it should be all Tahar. Rabbanan who the Gazubuhu, but the Rabbanan came along and made a Gzeira. Says the Gemara, if you have a Gzeira, you want to say that really these things, so you have jugs of uh, of of oil uh, of different items that are inside a larger oven, and you want to say that midaraisa midaraisa it's and it's like a separate compartment that they're warming up in. It's only a warm. It's like a warming. I guess it's like a warming drawer that we have today. So it's in, it's it gets its heat from the oven, but it's really its own compartment. Um, I don't want to say today because I know there's a lot of complicated ways that warming drawers work, especially when it comes to Bishal and Shabbos, but such a concept where it's its own compartment inside the oven. So the, the Gemara says that really it's a, it's a Xerid Rabbanan. 
So then they should have made it all the way, either Tame or Tahar. And if they're saying that it's Tame, then it shouldn't matter whether the rodent touched the sides or was in the airspace. Says the Gemara, Avdubu Rabban Hakera, we didn't want you, if let's say there was truma cooking in that little compartment and a rodent came in, since it's only that truma is still tahar, therefore you would not be allowed to just uh, destroy that truma until after the time of expiration, until it was no good anymore. So we wanted there should be some halachic difference that you'll know that if it's in the compartment, it's not worthy of destroying truma, which is uh, and kachim, which are midaraisa, um, which are midaraisa. You're not allowed to burn it yet. Therefore, we only made exera uh, in a way that you'll know that this is only a rabbinical type of tuma and not midaraisa. Says the Gemara, Tan Rabbanon Mispiris shall prakim a. Uh, it's interesting. It doesn't say taspires, but a mispires shall shall prakim. So it's a scissors which comes apart. No, sorry, it's not a regular scissors. Um, Rashi says mispires. Uh, I, I would have thought it's a regular scissors. I guess it's a regular scissors. Um, I, I don't know what the other option is. Uh, scissors always two two parts. I don't know what, they probably do have a proper name for the two parts of the scissors, but it's, both of them are blades and you squeeze them together and they cut things. But either way, they come apart. The Ismol shall rehitni, the um, Rashi says a plane. I think that's the English word as well, a plane that uh, you use um, to smooth out, you use with a metal handle to like a, like a, a, sand, a plane that we sand down a piece of wood with. So it has a metal handle plus another, uh, another part to it. Says the Gemara, it's considered attached that if one part becomes tame, the whole thing becomes tame. Both parts of the scissors become tame. However, when it comes to us, when it comes to being, getting purified from the spirit, if it became tame mace, and needs to be sprinkled on um, from May Tahar, so then each part has to be sprinkled on independently. Says the Gemara, that's not fear, that's a double standard. Either they're both considered attached, that if one becomes Tameh, both of them become Tameh, and if one gets sprinkled on, then both of them become Tahar, or they're considered two separate components since it's not a permanent attachment and they can be taken apart. And uh, then for Tum also, if one of them became Tame, the other one shouldn't. Says the Gemara, Amarava, Dvatayra, Bashas Malacha, Chiba, Bain Lutuma, Bain Lazar, Shalai Bashas Malacha, Ainu Chiba, Lai Lutuma, Lai Lazar. Really, Midar Raisa, this is, uh, it should be, it's not, it doesn't depend on the type of attachment. It depends on whether you're using it or not at that moment. And if it's not being worked on, uh, you're not doing work with the scissors or the carpenter's plane at that moment, midaraisa should be considered totally separate and doesn't really become tameh at all. 
And the Chacham came along and made a Gzeira that even Shaloi B'Sha'as, Malacha, even when you're not doing work with these items, it should become Tamei. Uh, and on Hazar as well. So if that's true, uh, so and what were they guys there? I'm told they were guys at L'Chumrah, that it should become Tamei. But on Hazar, on being sprinkled for it to become Tahar, so they were geyser that even Bishas Malacha, that even if at the time that you're working with it and you get sprinkled, made Tahar to make it pure, it still doesn't help if you didn't get both components of these tools sprinkled on. Midarabbanan, it helps. Midarabbanan, they wanted you to be extra stringent and, uh, and, and, and have to sprinkle both parts separately. Um, what's the reason for that Chumrah? I don't know, but for Shabbos purposes, it won't make a difference. We see really what we saw in the last few lines. This Gemara is as much as we draw comparisons between what's considered a vessel for Tuman Tahira purposes and for Shabbos purposes. However, it's not always the same as certain times we look at it as a completed attached vessel for Toma purposes, based on Xera that was only particular, only relevant to Hilchos, Tuma, and Tahira. Do, are we saying over here that the um, there's an aspect that it's unusable if they're together? If they're no. not together? Yeah, if you take the scissors and separate the two parts, it's now... Oh, so that was going to be my question. The scissors, you can't use one without the other. Uh, the, but the I think... Plane, the plane, though... I mean, I guess the metal is just the handle. The metal, I, I think it's, yeah, you know what it is? It's, it's like uh, the way I look at it, it looks like an iron, an old fashioned iron. It has a handle with a uh, underneath. And that plane is like a grater, a sander, like a, it's used to, like if a wooden door doesn't close, so you'll. Right, right, right. You'll, you'll, so it is like a scissors, meaning you can't use one without the other. You can't use one without without the other. Um, that that must be the idea. Otherwise, it's because in my mind, I'm seeing a carpenter's plane. There is one. It's like a one piece deal. But it, can't, it must not be that. It must be like a, like you you can't use one without the other. In a in a plane, you have a piece of metal that you hold with your hand, and then there's a blade underneath usually that you can take out or put in. Right. So it's right. Pieces. It has to be two pieces. It has to be. Yeah. But otherwise, it wouldn't be similar to scissors. Right. Correct. Got it. Okay. And of sure. course, Isis asks, so what about, let go back to now and think about the axe case. If you think about right. the case of the axe now, why is that not also mentioned in this Mishnah? The handle together with the metal. So I think they said in the case of the axe, that when you're done, you might take the wood and just throw it off into a pile, almost like uh, scissors also. But, but, but maybe I'll do that. Ah, uh, you're saying it's the handle. You're saying it's less similar. That's that's basically. They, yeah. they talked in, yeah. with the act that the handle was just not the real handle, but it was like a temporary handle. They just yeah. took a piece of wood and stuck it in there and used it, yeah. and then took the wood and put it back as wood. So it had. A separate purpose. It wasn't really part of an act. I think yeah, that's the That's probably the easiest way to get a <laughs> take a random piece of wood and use it as a handle. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I know from first time yesterday I was there was a one of the pegs that holds my kids' swing set 
ground came up a little bit. So I just took a, a wood. I had a hammer, but I didn't go get the hammer. I took a piece of wood that I had in the yard and used it to push it down. And of course, I got a splinter, but uh, so that's <laughs> like you just take a random piece of wood as an axe handle. It's not going to not gonna end well. Yeah, Shakaya. Shakaya.